Thanks for listening to the Cornerstone Chapel Middle School Podcast. Let's head into the service for this week's message. We're going to be talking about worry today in Proverbs. We're going to be starting in chapter 3, verse 21 through 26. I'm going to read this a little bit here, and then we will get into our study for the day after we pray. So, starting in verse 21 of chapter 3, it says this, My son... Preserve sound judgment and discernment, and do not let them out of your sight. They will be life for you and an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence. And will keep your foot from being snared. All right, let's pray and get into our study this morning. Father God, thank you so much for this lovely weather outside. The freezing rain is quite refreshing. Uh, thank you so much for the cold, God, just for us being able to experience this Christmas season, God, in this new year. And for letting us have a wonderful, wonderful time at camp. Pray that you uh, bless us now, Lord, as we begin to continue to run that race, Lord, back at home. Help us to continue to be passionate and excited about you pressing on towards the goal of of having a better relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. It's in the name of that Jesus Christ that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, a couple years back, my brothers and I have two younger brothers, Cabot and then Hudson. Uh, We were hanging out at the house, and um, Hudson, one of my brothers, had this weird coloring on his leg where his veins were kind of turning kind of purple. And his legs were kind of discolored. And we're like, kind of like oh, that's kind of weird. And Hudson's kind of looking at it. And Cabot and I are like, oh, man, dude, that looks bad. Hudson goes, yeah, no, it doesn't look too good. No, no, like, Hudson, that looks bad. Hey, Cabot, remember that dude, Johnny? Oh, I remember Johnny. Remember that thing that happened to Johnny? That thing happened to Johnny? His legs turned crazy colors. He lost both of them. He's in a, it's crazy. It's crazy. Hudson's like, what? What are, you ta- what are you talking about, Johnny? Who's, who's Johnny? Why is his legs going, what? He's kind of getting kind of worried. So he goes to my mom, and they get on this thing called WebMD. Have you guys heard of WebMD? What you do is you go on this website, and you type in symptoms that you have. And after it plugs in all the symptoms you have, it tells you what it thinks that you have, like what your disease or what your illness is. So Hudson's plugging in. You know, my mom's with him. Uh, son, do you feel that your legs are swollen? Yeah, they look kind of swollen. Do you feel disoriented? Hudson, being a goofist, goofus, I called him a goofus, being a goofus and a weirdo, and he was really kind of getting worried. He kind of believed now he had more symptoms than he had. He's like, yeah, now that you mention it, my head is kind of dizzy. Are you seeing black spots? There are black spots everywhere. Are, are, are you feeling all nauseous? Oh, ah, I can't even say. I'm going to throw up. Like, he just started, like, amplifying all these symptoms, and so my mom's plugging him in, and he's exaggerating and getting kind of worried. <laughs> And I wasn't at the computer, but I was watching. <laughs> and uh, it says, all right, well, let's see what you have. And I click. And Hudson's face just turns white. I'm like, what do you have, Hudson? And he goes, I don't know, but it says death is imminent. <laughs> We're like, what? It's some, it's some disease I couldn't even pronounce. I don't remember this day. It pops up on the screen. And because he exaggerated and was so worried, it said, like, this disease, uh, some Latin term I can't pronounce. And then it says, death is imminent. Go to hospital. 
turned out he like didn't have enough water or iron in his system and he was totally fine. But because he was so worried and it kept amplifying and amplifying, it kept thinking he had these symptoms, he was freaking out. And it was quite enjoyable for Cabot and I to laugh at his misery. I did have fun with that. But, but worry is something that, that holds us down and it consumes so much of our life sometimes. We worry about many different things. Sometimes we worry about getting sick or illnesses. We have a headache and we're like, oh man, now I'm going to have a headache all day and it's going to make me sick and it's going to be terrible. Or we worry about people, what they think of us. We walk into a room like this for the first time and we're worried like, oh man, what if I don't know anybody in there? What if I, I don't see anybody I know now? Embarrassed? What if I say something silly or sing and my voice sounds funny and people make fun of me? And we worry about that. I remember the first time that I walked into Loudoun County High School. I had just moved there from Atlanta, Georgia, and, and I was so worried and nervous that my stomach did hurt. I was nervous just walking in those doors, not knowing anybody. It's intense and it's nerve-wracking. And we worry about what people think about us or going into new situations. We worry about our home life. We worry about our relationships with our parents with our siblings. We worry about our schoolwork. You got that big project coming up, that huge test, and it's kind of looming in your mind, and it's kind of like a shark just approaching. And you kind of shiver a little bit. And then suddenly the calendar gets a little closer and closer, and that test on your... Do they still give you guys the daily planners? Yeah. I'm talking about little planners like this big. It kind of gets closer and closer. Oh, man, you kind of like start like sitting up at night like, that math test is coming. I, I can't stop it. It's still coming. And you're just going to... And you're like dreaming like terrible things about logarithms that are attacking you and like cosines. You're like, what is this math stuff? Get back. And you're freaking out and you're worried. Why? You're stressed and you're afraid and your fear is building up. And it's actually not healthy for you to worry. Do you guys know that? There are health um, detractions. There are bad things with your health that happen when you worry too much. I looked up a study by the Mayo Foundation for Medical and, uh, and Education Research. Uh, and they, they listed a few health problems that can happen just by worrying or being stressed. And listen to this list. This is quite an impressive list. Uh, symptoms include headaches, muscle tensions, accelerated aging, chest pains, fatigue, asthma, sleep deprivation, unhealthy eating habits, depression, social withdrawal, unhealthy weight gain, loss of legs. Okay, I put that one on there. But still... It sounds like one of those crazy like commercials, like, take this vitamin, it'll help you. Side effects, cut and flu, blah, 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 blah. Take the vitamin, have fun. Like, it's just so kind of creepy when you listen to those commercials, but, but this is just being stressed, just being nervous, or just having worry in your heart. And carrying that with you can have all these effects on your health. Not to mention the fear that builds when you're worried. Depression might start to set in because you're worried. Your productivity actually goes down when you carry too much stress on you. You can't multitask well. Your relationships suffer because you're carrying that, that worry around. Worry is not a good thing, and it's not a healthy thing for you, and, and God knows that. And it's why as we study His Word today, we're going to see that, that God does not desire for us to worry. He doesn't want us to worry. It's not a, not a biblical pr- principle, and we're going to explore a little bit about worry today. But a couple examples we see, as we're reading today, we found out in verse 23 that God doesn't want us to lose sleep over being worried. He doesn't want us to, to not be able to sleep because we're so worried and we're sitting in our bed thinking about, oh, I have so much to do tomorrow. I have this and this and this. And, and you're not getting the proper rest you have, you're supposed to be getting. He doesn't want us to, 
to think about the disasters or the, the, the problems that could come up. I mean, how many times do we ask the what if questions? Like maybe you were at camp and you're getting on that zip line and you probably asked like 12 questions to the lady or guy hooking you up about the what ifs. Like what, what if the cable breaks? It, it won't break. It's very strong. What, what if a lightning bolt hits the zip line and I die from electrocution? It's, it's not even, there's not even clouds, Scott, you're fine. Well, well, what if my nose starts to run? What? Like, you, you just come up with all these worries and you're kind of coming up with excuses and you think of all these crazy situations. What if my hair gets caught in it? What if this? What if that? And, and that worry kind of weighs on you. The Bible's saying, hey, you shouldn't be thinking about the worst case scenario or thinking about all these disasters. You, you don't need that. You shouldn't be thinking about that. The Bible goes on and in Proverbs 24, 19, it says this, Hey, don't fret because of evil men. How often? Probably, this probably particularly goes with ladies, but guys too, don't lie. Sometimes you'll be home, and you're in your bed, and you hear something outside. You get a little bit scared. You started thinking, I saw that one movie with that dude, and he had an axe, and he hurt people. I wonder if he's outside right now. And you start to kind of get a little nervous. You know what I'm talking about? You get a little worried. And it's really just your dad downstairs watching TV, but you're freaking out. Or it's your little brother sleepwalking, running into a bunch of chairs. Like, that's all it is, and you freak out about it, though. You worry about that. Bible says that you don't need to worry about that. That shouldn't be something you, you're weighing, weighed down by. It goes on, Proverbs 29, 25 says this, The fear of man will prove to be a snare. Fearing what people think of you will hold you back. It'll hold you back from doing things. You won't feel safe to act yourself if you're worried about what other people will think of you. If you walk in this room and you're concerned what people think of you, and you're afraid to worship because you think, oh man, maybe my voice will sound weird, or what if they think I'm a freak for raising my hands, and you're worried about what people think of you, that's going to hold you back. It's going to hold you back, and God doesn't desire for us to fear what people think of us. He doesn't want that worry to weigh us down or hold us down. Jesus himself addressed worry in a pretty hefty passage in Matthew chapter 6. You don't need to turn there, but I can read from it for you. Jesus is giving a sermon called the Sermon on the Mountain. He addresses worry. And he says this. Let's, let's see if we can determine whether Jesus wants you to worry or if he doesn't want you to worry. Okay? It says in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Well, that was easy. Um, Jesus doesn't want you to worry, but I'll continue on. It says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or what you will wear? Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry about where your, your clothes are going to come from. Don't worry about your, your food, where you're going to eat, what your next meal is going to be about. God's going to take care of you just like he takes care of the birds of the air. It goes on that says, hey, flowers don't worry about what they're going to wear, but God gives them beautiful clothing to wear. God's going to take care of you and, and provide for you and for your needs. So don't stress about these things. He ends the passage talking about worry with this. He says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. It's a pretty common parable that you hear a lot, people quote. 
And it also says every, every, each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus is saying, look, you should just focus on where you are and the, the problems you have right before you. Don't be thinking about the problems for tomorrow or the next month or the next year. Because if you think of all those things and you allow that worry to hold you down, it's going to influence the way you live your life and it's going to hurt you. God does not desire us to worry. Now let's dig a little bit deeper here. Why do we worry? Why do we worry? What's the, the heart of the issue here? Why do we freak out? Why do we stress? Why are we so worrisome? What's the heart of worry? Why do we do it? It all comes back to this. We worry because we don't trust God. We worry because we don't trust God. Worry is a result of failing to trust God. I'll say it again. Worry is a result of failing to trust God. Let me explain. If we were able to trust God, and we had our security in Him, and our confidence in Him, and who He is, and His power, what would we have to worry about? What happens when you're you know, scared as a little kid, you have a bad dream or whatnot? What do you do? Who do you call in the room? Call your dad. You go, Dad? 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 Comes in the room, what's wrong? I had, a, I had a bad dream. But the moment he walks in the room, what? You're fine, you're not worried. You're talking trash to the monster in your closet. My dad is coming for you. He can break your face off, monster. Dad, go get him. Go, you get him. Yeah. What? He's gone? Oh, he must have got scared of you, Dad. I mean, you had that confidence. That worry is gone. Why? Because your dad's in the room. He can beat tail of anybody who's in that closet. At least you think that in your mind. You're not afraid because your dad's there. He's going to take care of you. But we worry and we have fear of things, even though God could protect us from them. But if we don't trust God to protect us from them, then we worry about it and we stress about it. If we don't have confidence that God can protect us from any sickness or any hurt, then we stress. If we don't believe that God is bigger than our problems in our home life and can carry us through that hardship, then we stress. If we don't trust God with our future and what lies before us, then we stress. How often do you sit up at night and you, you worry about your future? Man, what, what are my grades going to look like? Man, am I going to get into a good college? What, what is that even going to look like? Am I going to have friends at college? Am I ever going to get married and find that, that person who, who just is perfect for me? And, and am I ever going to start a family? You worry and you have all these things. What is my job going to be in the future? My major? And, and we worry about what's 10 years or 20 years down the road. And God's looking at us and he's saying, hey, I know what's coming. Actually, I know everything that's coming. I know the moment you're going to die. I know everything about your life. Don't worry. I got this. I got this. The moment that we, we lack trust in God is the moment that we begin to worry. But confidence in God drives out our fear. Let me give a few examples. Proverbs 14.30 says this, A heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace gives life the body. What does that mean? When your heart and when your mindset is at peace and you don't have worries, you have more life in you. See, sometimes worry robs us of enjoying moments. 
It robs us of enjoying moments. One time my family was at Yosemite National Park, and it's this beautiful park. We're on this rock ledge, and, and it's this beautiful expanse, this wonderful view. And we were so nervous that we're going to fall off the edge and plummet to our death hundreds of feet below us. But when we took our eyes off that for a moment and we, we captured the view and we stopped worrying about falling, we were able to just enjoy that moment and say, wow, what beauty is in this? What, what, what majesty is in these mountains before us and this, this view I can see for miles? But if we had been so encapsulated by our fear and by our worry, we would have missed the view that was sitting right before us. And so many times in our own life, we miss the little moments of joy that God gives us because we're so consumed by our worry. We miss it. We miss just sitting down and enjoying family time because we're worried about that test we have later. We miss those moments with our friends because we're so consumed with what do they think of me. We worry so much. We we're missing out on parts of our life that we should just have joy in. We should just be living with joy and contentment in who God is. But a heart of peace gives life to our body. It gives life to us. Don't allow worry to rob you of your life. Going on, Proverbs 28.1 says this, The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lions. We should be as bold as lions. We shouldn't be timidly walking through our schools or walking through life, afraid and worried and held back by our worries. We should say, hey, my God's powerful. My God is great. My God's bigger than any boogeyman. He's bigger than any problem I have on my test. I ain't scared of nothing. Nothing. We should walk with that boldness and that confidence, knowing, hey, my God's bigger than anything. He's got this. There's an amazing story in 2 Kings chapter 6 where there's a prophet by the name of Elisha. And he's with one of his servants. There's just two of them, and, and they're staying the night in a town. And a king finds out that he's in that town. And the king sends his entire army, not 20 guys, not 100 guys, thousands upon thousands of his soldiers, his entire army, and they surround this small village. And Elisha's servant wakes up next morning, and he kind of you know, rubs his eyes and opens the curtains, and he opens the curtains, and before him is a massive army surrounding the entire city. There's no way out. He's totally afraid. They're outnumbered. They're outgunned, and he freaks out. And he runs, and he wakes Elisha, and he's like, Elisha, we're surrounded. We should just surrender, or I don't know if you have like a secret hiding place or like some crazy horses or something. We can get out of here, but we're in trouble, dude. Elisha goes, dude, take it easy, man. We're good. Servant's like, dude, I don't think you heard me. Come look at the window. Look outside. This is bad. We're in a tight spot here. We have reason to be worried, reason to be stressed. And he's kind of pulling out his hair and freaking out. And Elijah calmly just bows his head and he prays. And he goes, Lord, open your servant's eyes so he can see. And at that moment, the, the servant looks outside again. And as he looks outside again, he sees the army still. But around the army, surrounding the city, surrounding the army that's surrounding the city, is a second army. An army with chariots of fire. The armies of heaven and an angel army. The God of angel armies is surrounding the city, surrounding the other army. And they outnumber them. And Elijah says, dude, you just don't get it. 
God is more powerful than any force that comes here. Every person in the world could be standing out there ready to oppose us, but if God's for us, it doesn't matter. We're going to win the battle. I love how the story ends, too. God shows that he's more powerful and delivers him from this. Elisha prays and he goes, Hey, God, could you blind every dude in that army? And he goes, No problem. Boom. Every guy in the king's army is blinded and they begin to fight each other. Like, ah, who turned on the lights? Ah, they start fighting one another. And they begin to just have a war. And kind of Elijah and his servant kind of walk out like, whoops, excuse me, that dude's blind. He's walking this way. And they walk right out like, no problem. And God delivers them from that. But the servant, when he looked at that massive problem of an army surrounding him, he was so caught up in that problem in that moment that he forgot that he serves a great God who's bigger than that. He was so caught up in the fact that this is such a huge issue that he forgot, but my God is such a huge God. And how often do we get caught up saying, this is such a huge problem, this is such a big issue, but God is bigger than that issue. He's more powerful than that issue. And he can deliver us from it. We should have a confidence, a swagger. Yes, I said swagger. Knowing that God is with us. Not an arrogance to us. But Christians, Christians need to stop being timid. They need to stop kind of tiptoeing through the halls of their schools. They need to stop being worried at every small thing that confronts them. And have a boldness to them, a confidence. To walk in and say, hey, my God owns this world. My God's more powerful than anything. What do I have to be afraid of? What do I have to fear? I'll tell you, a man who was like that was a man by the name of Paul. Paul was like that. Paul endured a lot of hardship and a lot of trouble, and he had reason to be worried. I mean, this dude had 30 men who swore, I will not eat or drink until Paul is dead. I would have trouble sleeping at night if I knew 30 men took an oath to kill me. If I knew one person was trying to kill me. Like, if you find out, like, an ex-murderer just broke out of prison, and they have your name on a list, and they want to kill you, you would sleep a little rough at night. But if you heard 30 men swore to kill you, before they slept, you would not be sleeping yourself. You'd be worried. Paul wasn't intimidated, though. Paul was shipwrecked three different times in huge storms, and it didn't bother him. Paul had mobs of people who would come together with rocks, and they would throw them at his face. But he was not compelled by fear, and he actually wrote this statement. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, he wrote this, Do not be anxious about anything. Are you kidding me? 30 people say they're going to kill me. I'm going to be a little bit anxious on, on edge. If I'm in a ship that's in the sea and the storm is huge and I wreck, I'm probably going to be a little bit anxious. But, but Paul goes on, he says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, in every hardship that comes before you, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He says, hey, Every issue you have, don't be anxious about it. Just give it to God. Just trust God with it. Just recognize that He's in control and He's got this. See, Christians should have this mindset or this attitude not to incline to be worried, to, to worry, but inclined to just give it up to God and trust Him. When you guys go on vacation and you guys go to the beach, your worries kind of fade away. I mean, when you're sitting on a beach and you're in a lawn chair, and you got your nice little smoothie on the side. 
You got your headphones in. You listen to the best song ever. You're just sitting back. You got like two worries in your mind. One, man, I might have to move my chair if the tide kind of comes in. That would be such a drag. And your second worry is probably if you're of fairer skin and you need to put on a bunch of sunscreen because you don't want to burn like crazy. But honestly, you don't have that much stress going on. You're relaxed. And people could call you on the phone. Like, dude, did you hear about what happened? Hey, man, just chill. It's okay. Let's just get a ukulele, sit in a circle, and sing Kumbaya. What are you talking about? Like, your friend on the phone is back home. Like, there's feet of snow out there. No one can move. We're running low on food. Bro, relax. It's going to be okay. I'm eating my toenails. It is bad here. Dude, just... Just take a chill pill, okay? Let's just, let's just listen to some music and sit by the fire and just talk about our feelings. What in the world are you talking about? But you're, you're in this kind of mellow state where you don't have any worries. You just chill, you know? You're just like kuna matata. You know what I'm saying? It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's your problem-free philosophy, kuna matata. I just quote a Lion King in a sermon. Yes! Pretty happy about that. But there's actually a mentality that it's true. We should, as Christians, when we hear problems or hear hardships, be able to say, hey, my God's got this. It's okay. Okay, sure, maybe I have some sicknesses that are coming on. Not only could my God heal me, but, but even if he doesn't, even if I pass away, I'm going to heaven. Man, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Sitting in heaven with Lord, streets of gold. Oh, I'd be living the hard life right there, eating five guys and Chick-fil-A all day. That'd be rough. You have that mentality where I don't have anything to worry about. God knows the moment I die, and when I die, I'm His. What do I have to be afraid of? We don't have to fear what people think of us because we know what God thinks of us, and He thinks we're wonderful, and He loves us, and He cares for us, and He thinks we're beautiful. What do I have to be afraid of? God knows every problem before it happens. Why do I need to sit at home thinking, man, what this could go wrong, or that could go wrong, or this could... I don't need to lose sleep over that. I can lay my head on the pillow at night and say, Hey, God, I trust you with whatever happens tomorrow. I can do that. And we as Christians should be able to have that confidence, that boldness to step forward and do whatever God asks of us and say, Hey, whatever happens, God's got me. I got no worries because God's got me. Now, some people think that the way to avoid worry is to just pretend that there aren't any problems. Some people do that. That's like getting into a ring with a crazy bull and you're wearing a bunch of red and you're like, all right, the bull's not there. I don't need to be afraid. No problem here. The bull's still going to run you over. You're going to have a rude awakening when it runs you over and tramples you and probably spears you with its horns. Still there. It doesn't make it go away. And God's not asking us to pretend like we don't have issues. He's saying, hey, give your issues to God. Trust Him. Remember that He's going to take care of you. Let me close with this, as Jesus is still talking in that Sermon on the Mount about worry. After he goes through, hey, don't worry about this, don't worry about, don't, don't worry about this, he ends with this. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He's saying, if your focus is on God, if you're seeking his kingdom and serving him, and you're worried, the only thing you're concerned with is, am I following God? Everything else will take care of itself. Everything else will take care of itself. You don't need to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen to school. 
If you can just say, hey, God, I trust you. Hey, God, I trust you. You're bigger than this. Hey, God, I, I know there are some issues that are coming to come to me, but, but you're bigger than that. I trust you. When we can reach that moment and have that confidence in who God is and in trust in Him, then our worries will melt away. And we can live with this boldness and this confidence and this joy, this joy that comes from only God. And people will look to us and they will see someone who isn't controlled or weighed down by worry, but they'll see someone who is compelled and led by the Spirit. And they'll recognize there's something different about those Christians. Let's pray. Father God, because you are mighty and powerful, because you love us, what do we have to worry about, God? Allow us to walk with the mindset and the focus that that you're bigger than all of our issues and all of our struggles. And you know what they are and you can address them with your mighty power. And allow us to have the freedom to not be worried and weighed down by that, Lord. And focus our eyes on you. We love you, God. Be with this group as they go home. Keep them safe. We trust you always. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen.